Welcome to the Husker Cuscast Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick. Cuz Patrick. And with me are my cohort co-host cousins, Justin and Derek. We are recording this episode on May 24, 2017. Come join us, friends, in a very special episode about our worst game experiences as Husker fans. The kind of games that would turn a mild-mannered fan into someone making pagan sacrifices just to keep them from being down 35 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Where you are surrounded by the worst kind of behavior known to man, having all levels of items, solid, liquid, and something in between that croaks out mommy, hurled at your prone, unassuming body in complete obliviousness to the debased and depraved behavior occurring around you, where the most popular restaurant in town comes with the choices of botulism and dysentery on the menu, where you dare not look into the abyss of futility and failure, lest it stare back at you and call you mommy. Yes, friends, we are here to provide healing and catharsis and give you hope for positive football experiences from Nebraska football going forward. But before we relive that painful history, we must report on history being made in happy, joyful ways, such as Nebraska baseball actually earning a title. Yes, a title. They got two out of three this weekend from Penn State. And this is noteworthy, folks. This is the first men's title since 2011 track and field and the first major men's title since 2005. And if I'm not mistaken, boys, that was in baseball, was it not? Yes, it was. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this is something to celebrate. And Justin, especially for you, dear boy, you know, even if you have all these people saying it ain't right to love Nebraska, how does it feel being right? I love it. It uh, It's great. But you know what? It's kind of like my brother. You know, Walking Dead, every season, he puts out the same silly remark that Carl is going to die this year. Eventually, he's going to be right. So I'm going to keep on spooning that Nebraska is going to win the title year in, year out. Eventually, I'm going to be right. This year, it was on. It was recorded. So, yeah, it was awesome. I, I would agree with you, but I have no idea what reference you were referring to there. Um, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you know what? Actually, uh, you know, I say that every year. You know, I'm always, uh, you know, just bleeding. You're a the gung-ho and- Husker fan, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the red and white all the way. And all of a sudden, I actually meant it this year. I truly meant it this year. So it worked out perfect. All right, so given that, and given that we performed admirably well tonight against Purdue first round uh, with a score of 15 to 9, Derek, we're cranking out the hits, are we not? Oh, you damn right we are. I mean, 36 runs, or thir- was it 36 or 38 runs over the last two games? 36 runs over we're, the last two we're, games. Mm-hmm. We're averaging about two runs an inning. I mean, come on, guys. What more can you ask? Well, we got That's phenomenal. We got brilliant defense out there. Mojo Haggy once again made a great catch. Got a couple homers. Oh. The first from Haggy, and then who who hit the second one? Wasn't it uh, – it was uh, – Schreiber or who who hit the second one? Schreiber. Yeah, Schreiber, Schreiber hit the second one. one. So he's off the Schneid. He's finally hit, getting back to homers again. In the short term, how does this look for Nebraska? Because you can say what you want about the fifteen, but we gave up nine. Is that something to be concerned about? Well, I mean, you take that nine. I mean, Hohenstee had another terrible second inning where he gave up five runs. Bounce back. Though. You take that inning. You take that inning away, and all of a sudden, this is just 
an ass whooping, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, that's a but, good. But unfortunately, unfortunately, you can't take that inning back. It happened, and he gave up the he gave up five runs that inning. He gave up a, whole, a, a solo shot, I believe, in the seventh inning or sixth inning. I'm sorry, sixth inning. He gave he was up pulled after the sixth think, inning. Was it from the same player or was it because it seemed like he was giving up some? No, he players. just gave up, he, he just gave up the one home run. Okay. Owens he did. Okay. Okay. We, we gave up two home runs tonight. One, one of them was from ONC. It's still something I think to be concerned about because we kind of get in this sort of thing where we give up a home run every once in a while. But in the long term... Oh, as long as we're scoring 15 runs in a game, we can give up a few home runs. I'm okay with that. I, I have no problem with that, too. But the offense has to keep cracking out, cranking out the runs. Otherwise, we're going to have problems. Uh, in the long term, though, I think this uh, speaks dividends for the trajectory that Nebraska is on. And can you see Justin Erstad having a long tenure as the Husker coach, or do you think he's going to go to the majors as a manager at some point? I think he's here to stay. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the big 10 coach of the year this year. He sure How is. awesome is that? You know, that as awesome. much as the fans have been, we've, we're harsh. Some people on this show have been really hard on him. We're harsh and we're greedy and we're <laughs> very bad, bad people. I, I totally exactly. agree. And look what Shame he did. Shame on you, Tyler. He, yeah, Tyler. Naughty oh my. Tyler. <laughs> Naughty Tyler. We have to be nice because he's not here this week, which is going to be a good thing. Yes, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> fans were hard. Everybody was a cr- cr- very critical of them, and he got it done. So, and uh, yeah, that's it is super awesome. I do want to mention one thing here. I, I can't believe you guys are letting me live to uh, for another day because. About five minutes ago, I mentioned Nebraska's crimson, and you guys didn't even bat an eye. How You're dare right. you? And you said red and white. I that oh, I deserves know. a scolding. Oh, Scarlet oh, and cream. Hail you even to the, the team. <laughs> How dare you, sir? You better turn in your you better turn in your Nebraska badge, and I know where it's at. So you better yeah. turn it in. You probably need Pretty some bad. sort of yeah. You probably need some sort of retraining at some point. Nebraska's going to get back into it on Friday. I'm anxious to see who they play, but I'm really confident about this Big Ten uh, tournament. I think we have a chance to go pretty deep. I don't know if we can win it. I'd love to win it, but man, I think we can go really deep. And then sky's the limit after that, boys. Sky is well, the limit. I'll, t- I'll tell you this much: it sure helped that Michigan lost tonight today. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. We're, we need all the breaks we can get, but. Man, oh man, we're just clicking right now, and we just got to keep it going. All right, from a high to a low to a series of lows, our worst experiences, we have many. Oh, do we have many. So let me start it off. I have two in particular that seem to mark some kind of changing of the guard, a turning point. Uh, the lowest of the low, say what you will. Uh, I went to go see Nebraska play USC in 2005. I had lived in California at the time, and one of my friends from college, Steve, was a graduate at USC. So it was a game that we were planning on going. We were going to plan on going to both games. So we went to the first game, and... You know, it was a, it was great atmosphere. It was awesome. He showed me OJ's... Uh, trophy case he showed me murderers scratched into the uh, trophy case uh you know we saw the crowd we saw the band uh i saw deluded nebraska fans booing the usc 
band and I'm saying, hey, you know what? They played for Fleetwood Mac. Where we played for? Last I checked, it was Johnny Carson. And the only reasons for that were because of geography and because of residence, which are two blessings that, any, in any case, so we're watching the game. I'm watching a nightmare in front of my face. And this is a perfect sum up of that first of that 2005 game. Matt Harrion, who was the tight end and seemed to be the heir apparent to Tracy Wistrom, uh, unfortunately got derailed by an injury, but he came back. And after the first catch, he immediately dove to the ground after he had three Trojans pouncing on him. It was like a National Geographic film where you've got all these this pride of lions coming and then they're pouncing on the antelope and the antelope just drops dead and plays dead you know and i and i to this day i'm thinking is that matt harrian's fight or flight instinct where if he sees like a disgruntled customer or client he immediately dives for the floor or dives under the desk i mean it was it was just awful an awful awful performance so after that game yeah I, I, yeah yeah, go ahead, Justin. Chime in. No, I, I was just going to say, uh, I don't want to single him out or anything, but Matt Herring, you brought that up. He was kind of like a shell of his former self when uh, when he came back from that was, injury, you know? I mean, he needed, he needed to talk to Jack Stark, who was, who was basically the team psychologist during the Osborne days. He needed to talk to him because he was, you're right, he was, he was completely traumatized by that injury. And I, I sympathize with the guy. I really, really do. It was a bad injury. But mm-hmm. this is football. You have to expect that kind of thing. And you're freaking Matt Harry, and You're the heir apparent to Tracy Wistrom. You go out there, you make the play, and you keep the drive going. And Nebraska was just, they were just completely inept that game. And meanwhile, you have the Trojans picking apart the defense, going up and down the field. I get pelted with peanuts or i'm hoping they're peanuts in any case i washed them out when i got home i mean it was just it was just bad so let's skip forward a year i'm supposed to be with my friend steve at the 2006 game in lincoln against 2007 2007 it was, actually, it was yeah, 2007 right. yeah yeah 2006 you see what happens yeah. i blank this crap out so okay so 2007 <laughs> we're in Link- I'm in Lincoln and I'm supposed to be with Steve but he picks that year to get engaged. So I have to go with my with my family who wanted to go and we went to see them play in Lincoln. We were it was a huge game. Everyone was banking on it. It was supposed to be like the game that set us up again as we're the Huskers, we're king of the we're king of the hill again. It was, again, almost a carbon copy of that first game. Turnovers, surgically carving up the defense, Lendale White running it in from the one, us fumbling the ball on on the kickoff at some point deep in our territory. Again, Trojans go the other way. And the thing is, you're in Lincoln, and it's really nice weather starting out. It was an afternoon game, but as it got to the second half, I, I was a, I lived in California, so I'm completely not acclimated to the drop in temperature and me having to huddle up. And meanwhile, I've got Jim Jones acolytes around me standing up like sheep cheering for their team when they're 21 points down or something like that. I'm like, are you people crazy? 
I'm trying to stay warm here. And I and this guy had the nerve to, to actually yell at me and say, hey, you're not a Husker fan. You get up. I said, no way in hell am I getting up. I'm staying cuddled up. You would do, you would do the same thing. So that was pretty much like that pretty much set the tone for everything after that going. Cause I remember the fans were so into that game. And after that, it just seemed like it was a whole different, it was a whole different attitude. It was like apples and oranges. You had apathy. You had people that just almost had a detestable feeling for their Huskers. I mean, it was just, it, it was appalling. I, I was looking at that game since you brought it, had brought it up in previous discussions that we had. The, the worst thing that stuck out to me is they fumbled the ball five times and we only turned, we only picked up one of them. Exactly. So, so they gave us every chance to be in this game and we gave, we couldn't take advantage of it. And, and you could see the, and you could see out there the difference. They were athletic. They were fast. I mean, you had Lendale White versus Marlon Lucky. Gee, who would you pick? I mean, it was, oh, it, it just showed a complete, just, we were not in that league. We did not deserve to play. Well, that was what are you talking about Marlon Lucky. Marlon Lucky was a five-star recruit. Come on, USC had all kinds of five stars. We had Marlon Lucky. White <laughs> <laughs> played in the NFL. Where was Marlon Lucky? All right, you got me. No, I remember those games well because uh, both teams were uh, ranked top twenty-five, and it's like, yeah, top twenty-five matchup, and it's like, crap. <laughs> well yeah in, a, in that first game in the 06 game i was i was again i was looking at the stats i remember that game i remember i was over at my mom's and i think there were a few beer cans that were thrown outside because i was so mad well okay were but, they thrown through a window or was it through no no I, I, I was nice enough to go outside and throw them okay but, okay good 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 but, but i was looking we only had 10 first downs in that game Ten first downs. That is just horrid. That's how bad we were against that USC team. But that was also in USC's like peaking point. I mean, they were great then. They they sure were. And I mean, you know, I mean, you had what was it? I, I even think uh, Will Farrell actually came to Lincoln. That's the right. Same, yeah, when 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 uh, Larry the Cable Guy was our main celebrity representative. I mean. <coughs> I rest my case. <laughs> well, it's guys, it's gotta I was kind of sad uh, for USC that Will Ferrell is their big guy, right? Yeah, but I mean, I would take his humor over Larry <laughs> the Cable Guys any day of the week. Sorry, go ahead, Justin. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy made health inspector. No, <laughs> I was. <laughs> Yes. Okay. We seem we seem to have lost Justin. We seem to have lost Justin. Uh, what what was your big uh, big experience, uh, Derek, with like being there and you know actually witnessing the apocalypse? Ah, uh, you know, I, I guess I have to go. My number one story would have been A and M in '07. Right, the, the, and it was the game that they brought uh, Tom Osborne back as the AD. That and it was hopeful. the most, it was the most laid back game I've ever been to. Like 
you could have a conversation with the guy next to you and not ask him what he said. The only time that crowd cheered was when they introduced Tom Osborne as new AD. <laughs> that says it all right there. <laughs> we, we, they started getting into it a little bit when we were about halftime when we were still in the game. But I remember walking into the game and me and my cousin Dave were screaming, Go Big Red! And everybody was just like, hey, shut up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it, 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 it shows how much Callahan brought the team down. Oh, that's that just kills me. Oh, I could just feel my heart slowing down from that. Oh man, Justin, dark years. Yeah, Justin, what about you? What was your what was your uh, worst experience or one of them uh well i got yeah unfortunately i have several but uh the 2006 texas game in lincoln uh do you guys remember that one it was really cold everything was on the line uh, my dad scored great tickets for us to go to that game that week and i was like super excited and everything was looking great up until the end and terrence nunn catches the ball all he has the first down. That's all he needs. Yeah. I, and spits out. I was, uh, I, I, unfortunately I had to watch that on TV, but I remember, and it was, I was working, I was working at a call center at the time and I'm seeing the re and I'm seeing it. I'm begging the replay that he's got his knee down and I'm still trying to stay, pay, stay professional. I'm still trying to talk to the customer, but you know, when I see the replay, you know, I, I, he, he could tell there was a difference and he says, Sir, it sounds like your voice cracked. No, no, it, it didn't crack. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, please continue. <laughs> and then meanwhile, I have all these Texas fans just like waving the eyes of Texas in, in my face the whole time. Just all over. I can just feel it. Oh, it just was the worst feeling. And I still yeah, had to whole, stay professional the whole time. That whole stadium went from cheering to a WTF moment. And everybody <laughs> just was just looking around at each other trying to confirm whether they saw the exact same thing you saw. Hey, what's and WTF stand for again? <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody turned to each other and said, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? You guys remember you guys remember good recovery. This this is what this is what it seemed like. You remember that scene in Naked Gun 33 and a third where Drebin like basically hands the bomb over to the villain in the envelope and everyone in the crowd just slapped their forehead. That's what it oh, seemed yeah. like. Everyone in that <laughs> Nebraska Memorial Stadium figuratively just slapped their forehead after none fumbled that ball. It's like, O-M-G. Well, well, the worst part was it wasn't like he – just fumbled it. He was trying to fight for extra yards that we didn't need. Which would, but, yeah. but that's, but see, you can't stop that instinct. And I love the Huskers for that. Old school Huskers, man, they had that instinct where you just keep charging, chugging for those yards. I mean, the boy, he he meant well. We 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 have to keep that in mind. He meant well. He just dropped well, the ball. He might he might have he might have meant well, but he screwed more people than he helped. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Speaking of WTF moments, I was also at the Texas A&M game in College Station in uh, Nebraska's farewell tour of the Big 12. And uh, that was the game where, you know, Texas A&M edged us out 9-6. to six. And uh, I think we had like 16 penalties in that game. That was the game that Bo Pelini... Well, he did a lot of things to be famous, but that was the one where he became famous for berating uh, Taylor t- Martinez uh, on the Taylor Martinez line. on the yeah. sideline. It was his hearts of it's, it was his hearts of darkness moment. I thought because Taylor was hurt, and I thought he was turning around to Taylor and saying, "You're not injured. You understand? You're not injured. You're going back out there. I don't care how hurt you are." You're, and I just was like, "Okay, Pelini's completely lost it." But the well, but the reasoning well, that was kind of interesting because. Didn't he try to place a phone call to his dad? Yeah, he tried to call his dad because yeah. he hurt himself. He hurt his knee or ankle or something. But, but, but the problem with it was the f- cell phones weren't allowed in the locker room. So he wasn't even supposed to have a cell phone there to call his dad. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, that would. But but the the most frustrating part of that whole game, because uh, the tickets that I had placed me right dead smack, right in front of all the Aggies, right? And uh, I was in the end zone, <laughs> surrounded by Aggies. There's no you're, Husker fans you're whatsoever. In enemy territory. <laughs> yes, and, and it was bad. I mean, I will say this: Aggie fans are awesome. Aggie fans are truly awesome. Had a great experience. But you know, there was the the little rivalry, the bickering back and forth going on in the early beginning. But eventually, even the Aggie fans saw what was going on with the officiating. I mean, it was it was a real job. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think it was like 16 penalties to two penalties. And by the end of the game, I th- all the Aggies around me, they're like, you know, like, oh, he goes, that was a that was a BS call. Well, at least they express some empathy that that's something. I yeah, mean, I mean. That game will always go down in history to me as the nut pitching game. Yes. <laughs> who who was that tight? It was a tight end, right? Oh, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't Harrion. Cotton. No, it wasn't Harrion. I think it was a Cotton, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it might have been. He needed Cotton to swab that. <laughs> 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 I mean, but he was in there. He was in there fist deep trying to get a pension. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Is my mic going to cut out again? Moving on, moving on. (laughs) Let's hope. (laughs) But no, that that was was vicious. I remember that. And then all of a sudden, he turns around and retaliates, and he gets the flag. Uh, He just got got fired. You go for for somebody's junk. What do you expect? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it probably should have been a double personal penalty. Or a personal foul, but instead they just called on us. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was the issue. That, and that, that was yeah, that was that was a shit, shitty, shitty game. Okay, but you know, Bo, Bo Pelini didn't do himself any favors on the sideline. I mean, he was he was completely he was berating livid. the. He was completely oh livid. yes, I mean, that's what everyone remembers. It, and that, so he should. So this is funny too. I'm driving home, and I'm with my wife's cousin, and. We're driving home from that game. It's late, and I'm listening to the post game. And all of a sudden, the breaking news is that Carl Polini attacks a reporter on the field and like breaks his camera. I'm like, what is going on out there? What, what are these guys doing? I'm like, there's no way this actually happened. Yeah, it, it happened. 
going forward, though, it was interesting because every single time it seemed like they were just camera was on Polini on the sideline, just like tracking him, moving at the mouth. Exactly. They were, you know, they were waiting for that moment where he would just lose it. It was like a constant thing after that. Every game going forward, it was like, let's see what Polini does this t- today. <laughs> it was so, it was so embarrassing. I brutal. All right, it was brutal. Shall we move on? We shall move like, on. We shall move on. We have a couple of interesting stories here uh, from our listen. Well, not from our listener, but a friend of uh, Derek's about um, some sort of a pilgrimage and. I don't know. Maybe you could share it with us. All right. So, okay. I found this story. Like, this is my worst nightmare. Absolute worst nightmare. And now you can look back on it and probably laugh, but this would have been my worst nightmare. 2002 Kansas State. My boss went to the K-State game down in Manhattan, Kansas. They drove down the night before. You know, they went out to the bar, had a good time. Woke up in the morning. It was an 11 o'clock game. Went to the bar again. Had a good time. Well, the whole thing was they got really good seats because his friend had some pretty good connections through K-State. So they got some seats uh, roughly around the 40-yard line, I believe, mm-hmm. is what he told me. Mm-hmm. And the friend had tried to hand the tickets out, and they told him, no, no, you just hold on to them. Well, he put them in his sweatshirt front pocket while they were sitting in a bar drinking. They were, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around. They're like, hey, let's start heading towards the stadium. Hand out the tickets. The the friend puts his hands in his front pocket of his sweatshirt and finds out he lost the tickets. Oh, So poor guy. <laughs> so they're they're all pissed. I mean, just absolutely pissed at the guy. Totally. <laughs> and they start. They start. You're they decide. Screw, screw it. Screw it. We're gonna. We're go. We're driving back. They're gonna drive back to Nebraska. And his one buddy that was driving takes his flag out of the window and starts snapping it in half and throwing it out the window. Oh, <laughs> so he, he leaves he leaves the Nebraska flag laying in Manhattan, Kansas streets. And they drive back, half-hammered, of course, you know. Right, right. Of course, they're probably sobered up by the time they realize they well, lost the tickets. for our listeners' sake, yeah. Because <laughs> that'll sober anybody up. Right, right. You know, you know, but he, he gets back, or they're listening to the game on the way back, and they realize we end up losing the game 49 to 13. So maybe it was and a so really, really, it was a godsend. <laughs> but, but I mean, how pissed would you be if your best, or not, I won't say best friend, but if your buddy over here just lost the tickets, has no clue where they went, just lost them? They're, That's they're, my nightmare. You, you I, I can't have- go anywhere. You gotta have a condition. You gotta have that condition where you, you mess up like that. You're in the trunk, Mister. You're going in the trunk. You do not deserve to sit in the seat. You're going in the trunk. You're the trunk boy. Anytime I've ever been on an airplane, a bus, uh, anything that takes a ticket or a concert, I 
I check my pockets like 50,000 times, making sure I still have my same, tickets. Same here. Same here. I put them so in my how wallet. He, tickets is beyond me. I put them in my wallet. Every Yeah, go ahead, Justin. If that happened amongst the cuzzes here, you'd be off the cuz cast. Okay? <laughs> I mean, you lose tickets. You're off the cuz cast. I'm sorry. You are you're gonna not have worthy to, of the cast. You're going to have to email in. You're going to have to send in a tweet. And we may not even answer it. <laughs> oh, that'd be brutal. Especially, you know, not that it, not a, that it's justified whatsoever. I mean, I was going to say, you know, it, it's even more terrible because it was a road game. But it, yeah. it would even be terrible at a, you know, in Lincoln, if that happened. It'd be like, you lost what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, oh, wow. That's just. I, mean, I, got, I, probably, I probably would have broke the guy's nose, honestly. I got mad because I went to the fair and I lost a ticket for like the Ferris wheel or something. Man, I was like furious. Uh, I've got one from a listener, uh, from our listener Rick, and this is what I refer to as the God bless Tom Osborne uh, games because, good Lord, he went through hell. Uh, it was against nine. It was 1982, and it was against the Penn State Ninny Lions. And you, you're gonna have to back me up on this, uh, Derek. I think it was Todd Blacklitch who was the quarterback, and Nebraska was matching them and doing really, really well. They had a really good defense that year, and then that was kind of the scoring explosion of Turner Gill, Irving Fryer. I don't know if Rozier was quite the presence just yet, um, but I think he was working his way up there. So it was kind of the preamble to the scoring explosion. And they were matching Penn State pretty much point for point. It was a really good game. Blackledge throws this pass, and the guy clearly, clearly catches it out of bounds. You can see it clear as day on the replay. But this is pre-replay day, uh, days, boys. This is, you know, back when they were, you know, inventing fire. So, I mean, it was just completely overlooked it was a heartbreaker it would have been a clear undefeated season for nebraska and playing clemson in the orange bowl go ahead justin it was so far out of bounds that it makes brandon riley look like he was in bounds <laughs> that's, that's out of bounds holy cow <laughs> yeah it was it was it was a heartbreaker it pretty much is like this pretty much in a lot of ways kind of opened the door for missing the two point conversion in 83 and always being the bridesmaid, but never the bride. And that all changed in the nineties, but my God, it was, it was a constant uphill struggle. And you could argue that it pretty much started in 82 when they lost to Penn state because of a botched call. Thus the hatred for Penn state over all the years. Indeed. Indeed. All right. I'll be nice. And we move from the live action experiences of Hell on Earth to witnessing it on TV. And man, we have had a lot of stories of that. I I can barely watch those games on YouTube, and I barely watch them live at the time. I was either hiding behind a wall, facing away from the TV, pacing back and forth. I mean, it was classic Nebraska fan behavior who wants to start who wants to start i think Derek's right. got one yeah, uh, Derek i'll start got one yeah go ahead uh so okay 
for those who don't know me, I was in the military. I was in the army, and in 2001, I was I had gotten deployed to Kosovo. And 2001, it was right towards the uh, end of the season, and the one game I happened to be able to catch in Kosovo was the uh, Colorado game. Now we all know what happened in 01 in the Colorado game. But I had this NCO, my squad leader, E5 sergeant. He was razzing me through the whole game. Every time Colorado did anything, they could gain five yards. And he was standing up, clapping, just having a great time. Now, he was from North Carolina, so he was a North Carolina fan. <laughs> he, didn't give, he didn't give a rat's ass what happened in this game. Other than the fact that I had talked so much trash about Nebraska being the best that he couldn't stand to see him win. Yeah, yeah. So every every time Colorado did something good, he would stand up and just start clapping and yelling in my ear. So finally I turned around and I told him to blank off, okay? I'll, I'll keep it clean. And I knew as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I was probably in trouble. <laughs> I really didn't care. So, so the next day, my platoon sergeant comes up to me and just beat red, just screaming at me, yelling at me. Why are you telling your, your squad leader to F off and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And he just wouldn't stop. And I was like, finally, I was like, can I explain my side of the story? And I, when I finally explained his side, my, my side of the story, my platoon sergeant just stopped and said, oh, well, I didn't realize it happened that way. <laughs> and he went over to that E5, and he just started chewing at E5's ass for like 20 minutes. And it, it was like the best sweet revenge I ever had in my life. But it was still... <laughs> Off the worst at game the, I ever probably ever had to witness. At the expense of the game where I think Colorado actually had their rings engraved at the end of the season with the with the final score of what was it, sixty one to thirty one? Wasn't that it? I believe it was sixty two thirty four, right? Sixty two thirty eight, I thought. Yeah. Was it thirty eight? whatever I, it was. Hey, ask a Colorado fan, I bet they remember. <laughs> I will say this. I think you could probably bundle that uh, game up along with the 2001 national championship against Miami because both of them were devastating. We were out of our league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. we, we, we played a great 10, 11 games, whatever. And then we get into those two games and we're just like, we forgot how to play football. But we were so could, exposed. I think you could excuse the Miami one because – Pretty much every single player on that team went to the NFL. Colorado, they just out-schemed us. I mean, out-executed and out-schemed us. It, it seemed like we gave up on that game. It really kind of did. I don't know if I, we, we could. Did. I we mean, could. our offense kept scoring points. We scored 38 points. Yeah, I mean, Eric <laughs> yeah. did all right. Yeah, but, but our defense couldn't make a tackle to save their lives. It was up the middle every time. Colorado, up the middle. There it's, was it, no... Yeah, it's, it's not like they were throwing flea flickers at us or some kind of trick play. And I don't around know whether the linebacker was out of position or what, what wow. happened there. You know what? We're having the same conversation as what we would 
as if we were talking about the Big Ten title game against Wisconsin when they ran all over us. Yeah, that was that was something. That was something. It's the same conversation. Both scenarios were we could not stop the run. I mean, it was, and there was no excuse for that one because. We Wisconsin it, it wasn't was even stopping the run. It was just you couldn't tackle. What was their What was their record I mean, in that game? What was Wisconsin's record in that game? Seven. seven and, well, they, seven. they they were third. They were third in the uh, leaders' division that year because Penn State and Ohio State were one and two, and they couldn't compete because they were ineligible to play in postseason. <sighs> I do remember one play that Taylor Martinez run that epic run he made. It was one of those games where you had bits and pieces of greatness and the rest was just crap. But hey, we beat them in the regular season, so that counts. Hey, can, can I tell a funny story about that? My dad, he wasn't able to watch the Big Ten Championship that year because uh, he's probably going to get mad. That's, at the first that's probably why we lost. No, no, come on. This makes it even better. Go, 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 my, go. <laughs> my mom made him go to like some play or opera or something, something he didn't want to go to. Okay. He didn't want to go to. And uh, so I was, I was supposed to be feeding him some score updates and he didn't have his phone on him because, you know, he's sitting in this stupid play or something. And uh, so I'm sending him these updates and they were fast and furious. Remember? I mean, it was like, yep, Wisconsin's up, you know, 184 to six. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like it, didn't it? He's like, oh, he's like, oh, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. And I'm like, no, you know, and he had to turn his phone back off. <laughs> Eventually I call him when he gets out of this play and he, he absolutely can't believe it. And it was, it was so bad. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, but at least he was uh, saved from having to watch that. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's well, true. Let's, let's, let's not forget that was the game that Nebraska fans were so pretentious and saying, we're not going to go to the, the Big Ten Championship. We're going to save our money for the Rose Bowl. Yeah. We're going to beat Wisconsin again. I, rem- I remember that attitude. I remember that, that attitude. They had trouble selling tickets to that game. It was one of those things where it's just greed, man. Greed kills. Ah. Uh, and then, of course, we had uh, in 2009, we had uh, the Texas game, Big 12 championship. Oh. Polini's, Polini's best coaching performance, and it still ended with a loss. I think you could seriously make that argument because it gave me a personal sense of pride that, you know, Texas always reveres the, you know, the Aggies horns rivalry and every other freaking Big 12 South team, and they kind of dismissed the Big 12 North. I remember that game with all the sacks that Sue made on McCoy. McCoy getting so angry, and I it gave me a sense of pride that Nebraska was the team that did this. We should have won that game, and it just came down to us scoring a touchdown. I begged and pleaded on that punt return. You guys remember that punt return? Where who was it that um, – that was that it was deep in the territory. Texas punted the ball. They caught it. Nebraska caught it midfield, and they oh man, all they needed was at least twenty more yards to score a touchdown. And I begged and pleaded for him to do that because the offense was not getting it in the end zone. 
Well, you know, they, they show this game quite often on the Longhorn Network. I don't know if you guys have that trash channel. Uh-uh, but, no, no, uh, I, I avoid that. I, avoid I, b- that. I, I like believe I blocked that channel. Yeah, yeah. They I, are super I, proud of that game. And uh, I, I haven't gone back to watch that game. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar it's, with that. It's too much of a heartbreaker. I it, can't it, watch it. Is that it's one that, of those just, other ones you had voluntary amnesia for? You you know, went to the doctor. Do whatever it takes to get this memory out of my head. I don't want to relive well, this game ever again. I think I did watch it one other time, but I think what was so frustrating for me watching that game was the inability of our offense to do anything. And, you know, it was a defensive performance. I do remember the highlights. Highlights, and Dominican Sue made a highlight. I mean, that single game right there made him the number two draft pick because he treated Colt McCoy like a like ragdoll that entire game. Yeah, he, he just did. He, he just completely dominated the game. If you were just to watch our defense in that game, it was an A-plus effort. But it was Flawless. just the fact that our offense was just so anemic. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, it's, it's, a telling, it's a telling story. It's a telling story when our offense scores four times and their offense scores two times and they end up winning 13-12. to 12. Exactly, exactly. And it's but, because you know, we just couldn't get a touchdown. That's all we needed. We didn't even need to have a good offense. We I just need to have an average offense. That's all we needed. I, I, I did. Ha- I did have that. And Dominic and Sue coming up on Colt McCoy. And he, he's just got his arms out, getting ready to tackle the guy. And the fear in Colt McCoy's eyes yes. was just. Yes, it was. It classic. was. It was great. It was. Classic. I had that for my for my background on my computer for two years. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That that was almost the thing. That was the thing that made his name Justin because all my friends at work had no idea who Sue was, and I said, "Hey, you got to watch out for Indomitian Sue. He's probably going to be the guy who's going to be the game changer in this." And they're like, "Who's Indomitian Sue? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. I know who Colt McCoy is. I have no idea this Indomitian Sue. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Are you sure it's Indomitian? Isn't? Are you sure it's not Nigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigamigam
all I have to say is Derek and I drove to Lubbock once. <laughs> Five hour once, long once. <laughs> once in 2004. Oh. And it was a long drive, but it was filled full of excitement only because our destination was going to be to watch our beloved Cornhuskers play the Red Raiders. And we were going to dominate them because we did the prior year. or Which we should have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we had, dom- we we had dominated them. I mean, Texas, at this time, Texas Tech was not a good team. Mike Leach was still fairly early in his career. They weren't the great team that everybody thought they were going to be. Or not, I shouldn't say what they thought they were going to be. They just weren't expected to be a great team. Uh, so we drive down to Lubbock, and it takes forever to get there. <laughs> there's nothing oh, out God, there. It, there's nothing. It's worse than driving through the Flatlands, Huskers. I am telling you right now, it was worse than driving through the Flatlands. It was it's- terrible. <laughs> There's nothing but oil fields and more wind oil mills. fields and more oil fields. It's like the cornfields, Husker fans. And it smells terrible out there. It's it does. It does. So all like the, the oil, fields, Husker fans. Yeah. So so we get to Lubbock. Go ahead, Justin. So so we got there late one night or on Friday night, and we pulled into the roadway in. And the Roadway Inn is a a stellar establishment. And we're trying to get a room, and there was a mix-up at the hotel. Somebody was in our room or some crazy thing. Well, you're mixing it up just a little bit there. What had happened, I'll I'll fix you here. What had happened was we had a reservation at that hotel because it was the only hotel we could get a reservation at in, in Lubbock at the time. But when we got there, we had had, we had, had a non-smoking room and another couple had a smoking room, but they couldn't stand the smell of the smoke in the room. And so we told them we would trade with them. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> so... We, uh, we finally get all of that straightened up and the hotel manager walks us to our new room that we're in and he's trying to be as courteous as possible. And he says to us, he goes, I hope my hotel fits your needs. And me, I just want, I just want to get to bed at this point. And I'm saying, oh, it is, it is fine. Okay. I. Okay, I wanted to drink. Okay, I just—that's all I wanted to do. Okay. Well, it wasn't even that. We wanted to get something to eat because remember, we after after we got in the room, we went to good old Taco Bell. Yeah, where everybody was laughing at us. For we never did figure out why, but everybody was laughing at us in there for some reason. But <laughs> but the point is, I just wanted this guy, as, and I said to this guy, i said, oh, it is fantastic. We've stayed in way shittier rooms than this. No, and he looks at us. Said squared eyes and he says my hotel not shitty <laughs> and so, Derek okay. I have to correct you a little bit on that so he didn't uh, say we stayed in way shittier been... places he didn't say we stayed in way shittier places he said we've stayed in a lot of shitty places Yeah, all right. you have to tell the story because it's been 13 years and 13,000 years okay? <laughs> that's what makes it so great 
different perspectives. All right, all right, all right. So, okay, go on, go on, go on. All right, so I'll, I'll go on. So after after that, we get through that, and the the hotel manager is just so mad because Justin called him called it a shitty hotel. <laughs> so we we run to Taco Bell because that was the closest place we could find to eat, and we ate there. And these teenagers come walking in and start laughing at us for, to this day, I have no clue why, but they did. So we go back to the hotel, we drink some beer, and next morning we wake up. And we find this restaurant, which I would compare to like an Applebee's maybe. Something like that, where it was a restaurant where you could drink. And we had a few beers. We went to the game. And oh my goodness. As we're walking to the game, this guy walks up to us and tells us, hey, I got 50-yard line tickets. Would you like to exchange your tickets plus like $20 for the other two tickets? And Justin wants nothing to do with this. He's freaking out, thinking we can't get in because we're alumni. (laughs) I thought it was a scam. It was was like it's a sting. It was right in the Texas Tech alumni. Area and I thought it was a scam. The guy was a shady dude. And, and we should and we should have stayed away from these tickets, but we didn't because I talked Justin into it. <laughs> it's so yards. I talked Justin into it. We trade. We give him twenty bucks. He gives us the tickets. We give him our tickets, and we go into a fifty-yard line. Best seats I've ever had in a game. Tickets, but we're right in the middle of Texas Tech alumni. <laughs> and then as we're sitting there, we look around and realize there's no bad seats in this, like, 30,000 stadium. <laughs> Everything is good. We would have been perfect. So Derek's out 20 bucks. <laughs> I was. I was out 20 bucks. But, so we're sitting there, and Nebraska is just not competitive at all. And Every time Nebraska does something good, you know, me and Justin, diehard Husker fans, we're clapping and yelling and screaming. These Texas Tech fans are turning around telling us to shut up every time, which wasn't very often. But I mean, all the four times, all the four times we had something to root for in the game, (laughs) they told us to shut up. You want want to cherish those four times. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, then... We had other fans behind us that every time Texas Tech did something, they did the over-applauding where they're clapping in our ears. Mm-hmm. And Justin, I'm going to let you tell this part of the story because I think you tell it better than I do. So there's three dudes right right behind Derek and I. And these guys, they know that they're getting under Derek's skin. Why? Because Derek's, it's easy to get under his skin and he's going to get fired up. And so every time that Texas Tech does something good, which was the entire game. Now, I'm just going to break this down for the first half at this point. They're clapping. They're clapping right in our ear, yelling at us, and they're looking straight at Derek when they do it. And Derek, of course, he's going to turn around and look at him. And so he's like, all right. You know, like in the beginning, it was like, Derek's like, all right, waiting for our team to respond with some thunder. <laughs> Never happened. So, Never happened. So, so these guys. These guys know they're getting to Derek and they keep on, keep on doing it. And Derek said, he turns around and he says to me loud. So all every row in the vicinity can hear us. He goes, I'm going to knock these guys out. 
and I'm like, I'm like, I know math isn't your strong suit here, but we're kind of outnumbered here. Okay. And he's just like, I, I, I don't think, I don't think I said I was going to knock him out as much as I said I was going to punch him in the face, but Semantic. either way. <laughs> the implication is made, yes. <laughs> the implication it, was. It's okay to punch him in the face. You knock a guy out, everybody's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, so we fortunately. A little. Fortunately, we survive this moment, this little uh, episode here. We make it to halftime. We go do our thing, chill out, trying to find out what was going on. And if you guys remember correctly, the game was not completely out of control at halftime. I think it was oh, not respectable, but it was like 34 or I don't think it was that. It was like it was like 20 it was like 24 to 3, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean it it, it was it was a whooping, but it wasn't terrible. But uh, it was it, it was Riley's team would have won. Yeah. So we we make it uh as we're trying to get back to our seats, we miss a little bit of uh uh cheering and stuff well we missed nebraska's only touchdown and by the time we got back to our seat i think i think the people realized that they didn't feel like getting punched in the face that game so they went out of their way they went out of their way to try to be accommodating specifically to Derek. not so much me they even went as far as to start talking crap about mike leach yeah, because you remember they had the, they had their first string in at the start of the fourth quarter, oh, and they wow. were talking mad garbage about about Mike Leach and how much they didn't like him. Like that's never been at that before. point, and that's their saint, but, isn't it, Saint Leach? Well, speaking of complaining about the game, I, I remember in that game it was such a disaster. Joe Daly was just terrible, but there was a point where. Me and Derek tried to get this chant going on. I was like, we want, remember Bo Davis? Yeah. We want Davis. Put Davis in. Yeah, we were doing all that stuff. And Davis finally comes in, and he throws more interceptions than completions. (laughs) (laughs) He went went one for seven with three interceptions. Yeah. And then we're like, we want Daly. We want Daly. (laughs) No, we want Davis. Not Daly. We wanted Daly out of there. Yeah, it was anything but to get Bo Davis out. I was like, hey, give that guy a shot. So anyway, enough became enough. And we left with like nine minutes in the fourth quarter. And I'm going to turn it over to Doug. You preserved your dignity Uh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're we're just walking out of there with our heads down, our tails between our legs. And we're going, God, how could we get beat that bad? And me and Justin look at each other, and we're like, you know, we could save this night. Let's just go to the first bar we find. And we had walked from the hotel to the stadium, so we were walking back towards the hotel. And we run into this bar. Now, I don't even remember what the bar was called. I don't remember. It wasn't like a blank <laughs> building where there was, like, nothing on there. I mean, it looked, it looked, it looked, shady. It looked as shady as could be. But we knew it was a bar. So we, we walk in and, and there's a line to get into this bar. I mean, it's not like, it's not like it was like some hole in the corner type of thing. I mean, there was a line to get in this bar. So we stand in line for a few minutes. And as we're walking up, we realize there's a cover charge. And so Justin and I are like, you know, whatever. No, we'll pay 10 bucks to get in. So we finally get to the front of the line. 
finally, after, I don't know, about 20 minutes, we're both just like craving beer so bad, as we usually do. And as, right as we're getting ready to pull out our wallets, we happen to look over and see somebody walk by in like these leather pants with like a leather vest on. <laughs> Me, me being Mr. The Unpolitically Correct Guy, I'm like, hey, what kind of bar is this? No, I mean, come on, we're in Texas. This this stuff doesn't happen, right? Well, the, the, gal, the gal tells us that it's an alternative lifestyles club. Well, me being the stupid as I am doesn't understand what alternative lifestyle is. So I'm like, so you're saying it's a gay club? <laughs> and she's like, don't let that, sir. It's an alternative lifestyles club. I'm like, but it's a gay club, right? <laughs> and, and and she she shames me with her eyes. Just oh, of course, like, yeah. I, like, I, if, started on fire, I would have started on fire. <laughs> That's what it is. So me and Justin decide to, I don't know, hold hands and run out of the building together. Skipping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it couldn't have looked much worse. We're both bolting out of this bar. Both at almost a dead sprint. And as we're as we finally get, I don't know, maybe 50 feet away from this bar, I decide to look at Justin and go, you know, that probably looked really bad that we were running out of a gay bar right next to each other. So everybody thinks that, no, oh, we're gay. Hey. Yeah, headed to the hotel even. I mean, <laughs> like, happy hour's over. Let's go. Where, where, where we called a cab and went to a sports bar where we belong. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst and that was the folk. only happy ending. Oh, that was it did have a happy ending. <laughs> All right, this has gone way too long, but it was wonderful. All right, that'll do it for us here at the Cuscast. Shout out to the No Filter Project that the University of Nebraska is doing for the student-athletes over the summer. Uh, you can check out those videos on Huskers.com. But to summarize, a group of Nebraska athletes went down to Nicaragua to help build this basketball court for this village. And they did something similar to that last year, and it got a lot of positive feedback from Husker Nation. It's just some amazing stuff and really reminds you that there's no place like Nebraska, and it's such an incredible experience for these young people. Also, it would be remiss of me to not give a shout-out to the boys in blue in Creighton for winning the Big East regular season championship. Quietly, they're building quite the uh, program in Creighton, so watch out for them. Uh, If you want to hit us up, visit us on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and follow us on Podbean. We're also available on iTunes, so don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at huskercuzcast at yahoo for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes, praise, more praise, or trolls to your heart's content. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Tune in next week when we inject some positivity into our Husker game experiences. Until then, as always, go Big Red.